0: Welcome to Confessions of a Realtor. As an active, full-time Realtor serving Tallahassee and the surrounding areas since 2014, it was time to use my experience to educate consumers on the whys and hows behind the home buying and home selling processes. We'll have some fun, I'll share some crazy real estate stories, and keep you informed on Realtors' best-kept secrets. Why? Because when you're informed, you can make empowered decisions. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Realtor. It has been a while. We had a family emergency. We're through the, I think, the hardest part of it. The thing about business is that life still goes on. So... Excuse me while I had to take a little bit of a break, but I'm happy to be back in to the podcasting area and recording this episode for you guys. I did a consult literally yesterday and I wanted to share just a few talking points from that consultation. I'd never reveal like this potential client's personal information or anything like that. Long story short, he was referred to me by one of my contacts in the community. And as we go through the consultation, I'm picking up that he's been through a couple realtors. He already has a lender. He's feeling a little bit frustrated with the process, a little bit unheard really by some of the agents that he had worked with previously. And this is not a dig at previous agents or anything like that. I'll tell you guys what I told him that the biggest mistake that I believe that realtors make is by not communicating effectively and not giving their client open transparency as to why they are doing what they are doing and why they are asking them to do things a certain way. So I'm going to go over two specific talking points that he mentioned and just bring the realtor perspective to it slash what we're trying to do for you in the negotiation. Now, my whole philosophy, honestly, just on life, is that people, they fear what they don't understand. And let's be honest, let's be real. A lot of times when you are in a sales industry like real estate, the threshold is honestly lower, I feel, for people to mistrust you because there are so many horror stories as you look through Google, as you look through Facebook, as you talk to your friends and family of some realtor that they didn't know that they just hired because, you know, we all do the same thing, right? Uh, No, (laughs) we don't. And so I'm going to highlight two talking points that we discussed during our consultation, and hopefully they'll be of benefit to you. One of the things that he mentioned was that his purchase price on a previous property was higher than what the actual listing price was. Basically, what his previous agent had done is rolled the closing cost into the loan and roll the closing costs into the loan. I remember the first time someone told me that I was like, what are you talking about? Okay, so let's walk through that. Let's say that you're purchasing a house for $300,000. Typically, if you go back and listen to other previous episodes, you'll know like the three categories of expenses. you got your out of pockets, which is like your inspection fees, your appraisal fees, paying up front for your deposit. The second category of expenses is your down payment. And your down payment is really determined by your financial profile and what loan you choose. That's something between you and your loan officer. And then the last category of expenses is your closing costs. Closing costs are typically lender and title fees. It's typically some prorations of taxes. There's a lot of things that go into closing costs, but you can expect on average closing costs to be about three to 4% of your loan amount. So on a $300,000 home, let's say that you are financing the whole home. $300,000, 3% $300,000, 3% to 4% of that for your closing costs is going to be anywhere from nine dollars to $12,000. Now, that is something that the buyer is responsible for. It technically is a buyer expense. It's not on the seller to pay that. But if you are someone who would like to put that into your loan and put that into your negotiation, we do have a few ways that we can do that. When we talk about rolling in the closing costs on a $300,000 home, let's say that you only have the money for your down payment and you only have the money for your out-of-pocket expenses. Listen to a previous episode. I get in-depth into you know how those numbers actually play out. But today we're talking about rolling in those closing costs. So on a $300,000 home, let's estimate that your closing costs are kind of in the middle there between the 9,000 and the 12,000 that we just discussed. Let's say that it's about $10,000. Let's say that you don't have that $10,000 and you're choosing to focus, like I said, on the down payment and your out-of-pocket expenses. So one way that we can negotiate the contract is to say, okay, well, they will purchase the property for $310,000. Mr. Seller, can you give the buyer $10,000 at the closing table? So then we're still ending up at the net for the listing price. So $310,000 is paid by the buyer when we talk about the purchase price, minus $10,000 in closing costs. And that leaves the seller right back at that $300,000 listing price or asking price. Typically, most sellers do want the listing price. I'm not saying that we have to do that all the time, But obviously, if they're putting the property on the market for $300,000, they want $300,000. So that's an easy solution when you have a client that doesn't want to outlay the money for the closing costs, but they still love the home. So whenever we do this strategy, because people are so sensitive to, for lack of a better term, getting got in real estate and overpaying for a house, One thing that I always make sure that we do is explain that to the client. Because you don't have the money out of pocket or because you don't want to put the money down, here's a way that we can get you the home while still creating a win-win for both you and the seller. $10,000 extra dollars on a purchase price does not typically make that much of a difference in your monthly payment. For every $10,000 that you go up, I would say on average, it's in between $30 and $70 extra per month. Now I'm going to take this back to the consultation. So in the consultation, part of it was him explaining to me how, well, she said she could get us into the house for this. And then I looked at the numbers and my loan officer called me and explained what the realtor had done. And so I told them, your realtor really did, or your previous agent really did nothing wrong. That is a strategy that is actually fairly commonly used whenever we have a buyer who doesn't want to outlay that money, but they do want the house and everything else is good on their down payment and they're out of pockets. I think one thing that sometimes buyers forget is that the sellers have to sign the contract. Both sides definitely do need to understand that there are grown adults on the other side and they're not going to sign anything that isn't in their favor or that they don't believe that is the best that they can get. For most buyers, you're going to be a seller one day. And when you sign a contract as a seller, you're going to go over the numbers and you're going to make sure that what you are pulling away from the proceeds is something that you can live with. Is something that you are going to be happily signing as you go along. When we do these real estate contracts, at the end of the day, we know that we have to create a win-win for both parties. So rolling in closing costs is a way to do that. There is nothing unethical with doing that. However, I do believe that that just needs to be explained if that is something that you are going to be willing to do. The second talking point that was really highlighted to me as we were going through this consultation yesterday was he was saying, hey, we were going out and viewing homes, deciding what to do as far as negotiation. And I just didn't feel like I was being represented well because there were items that I was noticing at the showings, things that were wrong with the house. And he didn't go into explicit things. But the point is he felt as though my realtor was encouraging me to write an as-is contract or stating that the seller would only accept an as-is contract And there were things that needed to be done. This kind of brings in the point of timing. So on the realtor side of things, I can understand that, hey, this is a timing issue. When you go through a house, there are going to be things wrong with it. There just are. No house is completely perfect. Sometimes I get sellers that think that their house is completely perfect. And they will literally tell me at the listing presentation, oh, an inspector isn't going to find anything wrong with the home. And I always tell them he absolutely will. He's going to find 50 to 80 pages of things to include in a home inspection report. Now, the home inspection, it does note items that are considered, quote unquote, normal. It'll also give the life expectancy of certain items. So, you know, your roof is this old. Your AC is this old. They will give talking points for you guys. And yes, they will also give out deficiencies, things that are wrong with the home. And after the inspection is done, is typically the best time to negotiate those deficiencies and get the seller to repair certain items. Now, unless you're purchasing a new construction home, and even that we have to check the warranty, the seller is under no obligation to clear the entire inspection report. The seller is under no obligation to fix the 50 to 80 pages of what the home inspector has noted. But on an as-is contract, we do frequently go back and negotiate things after the inspections are done. And the reason for that is that it's not you who has a buyer who obviously has a vested interest in making sure that certain repairs are done negotiating these items when you first see the house. It's not me as a realtor negotiating the items based off of what I see because I'm not a home inspector. I'm not a contractor. I need to and you need to rely on the word of the certified professional. So typically what we do even on an as is contract is we'll submit the report after it's done to the seller's agent with a list of items that need to be fixed or need to be done. Now, the conversation that I always have with my clients is that there are several responses that a seller can have to a request for repairs. They could just say flat out, absolutely not. And we'll discuss options from there. They could negotiate a few things. They could not want to fix anything and say, well, I don't want to fix anything, but I'll give X amount of dollars off the price. I will give X amount of dollars at the closing table for you to fix these items yourself after closing. The timing of when and why we ask for certain things, it really can determine if you get those things as a buyer. Most of the time, if I put something on the contract at the beginning of the transaction or on the initial contract versus negotiating it later, most sellers are going to be like, "Mm, absolutely not. You're saying this. There is no licensed person in this field who is in construction or is a home inspector saying this. I'm not doing it. You're going to get resistance from the seller if that is the strategy you take. And even when I'm on the seller side, so even as a seller's agent, I typically do not encourage them to make repairs up front that the buyer is asking for on the initial contract for the same reasons, because the buyer and their agent are typically not home inspectors and they're not contractors. Let's wait to see what the professional says, what the inspector says, what a contractor says. As far as what needs to be done to make sure that this house is ready to be passed off to the next buyer. I explained some of this to him yesterday and hopefully restored his faith in the part of humanity that is real estate agents. Hopefully I've restored some of your faith in us as well. But I think just we as realtors, we need to really make sure that we're doing a great job explaining these things to a client who is purchasing a home often for the first time or second time or third time and wanting to make sure that we are doing our best job to advocate for them, number one, and also want to make sure that we're not colluding with the seller or we have an interest in getting it closed because we want to be paid. I mean, we do want to be paid for our work, but there are agents like me who will never compromise their values and their ethics to be able to make it to the closing table. So I hope that this discussion helps a little bit if you are in your process of either buying or selling a home. As usual, I'd like to leave you guys with an inspirational quote. This quote, I don't see an author for, but what it says is communicate, even if it is uncomfortable or uneasy. That was it for today's episode of Confessions of a Realtor. I look forward to tuning in with you guys on the next episode. That's it for today's episode of Confessions of a Realtor. If you're looking for an active, full-time agent in the Tallahassee or surrounding areas, feel free to give me a call or shoot me a text at 850-206-2199. If you're thinking about moving and want some more real estate tips and tricks and education, my Instagram page, Rachel Sells Homes 850 is very active and I do my best to educate on our local market check out the link in the bio on my Instagram page to schedule your own complimentary consultation with me or to refer someone else who you know is thinking about buying or selling. Thank you for tuning in and I look forward to assisting you here in the Tallahassee area.